0: Good. Morning, everyone. Are you feeling refreshed after the summer? I know that I had a really good summer break by how much it hurts the last two weeks, having come back to get back up to speed <laughs> for normal patterns of life. Um, I do hope you've had a good summer, and it's great to be uh, here at the beginning of September and looking forward to, to what the year has to hold. The thrust of what I'm going to say this morning is to offer, uh, I suppose... Uh, See, it's the first Sunday in September, and for quite a few years now, I've taken this Sunday to say, here's where we're going in the year to come, and often it's been about there's this activity and the other other thing that's happening. You're going to find out it's a little bit different this morning, and really what I feel called to say this morning is something that sets an atmosphere of faith, and um, so I'm just going to pray that God would speak to us uh, along those lines. Heavenly Father, thank you that uh, you not only command us to serve you in various ways, but you come to transform us. And you change us, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And so we pray that you would open us up to the work of your Spirit, that in every way we would be responsive to what you want to do in us and then after that, through us. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Before I go any further, one or two other introductory things that relate to the time of the year. One is to say, it really is quite an exciting set of stuff, I think, that's in the term card and with um, some information about what's coming up even after this term. Um, Earlier in the year, when we were preaching on different subjects, I spoke on sex and sexuality and asked what kind of format would work for taking longer to look at that subject. And that's resulted in us planning a Saturday day conference on the 7th of October. Um, We've got Rick Thomas coming to speak, whom some of you will know, but who is the, um, I think he's the secretary, he certainly works for the Christian Medical Fellowship and has written a position paper for them on uh, gender dysphoria, that is to do with transgender and transsexual, um, transsexuality, um, and he's going to be coming and speaking about that. He's very well informed and will help us a great deal. And we're going to be talking, um, too, about how we can make the church to be such a place that whatever somebody's sexuality, they would come to church and it would be for them like encountering Christ himself. That's the goal. We planned that Saturday for ourselves as a church and then found that loads of other people wanted to join in. Um, We've already had people from quite a few different churches ask to join in. I've had one other church, I won't say which one it is, but another large church in the city asking if they can send their pastoral staff please to come um, and to spend some time together with us looking at those things. So uh, it's going to cost everyone who's not a part of this church 25 quids to come for the day. Um, but for us, it'll be just 10 quids to cover lunch um, and the basics for the day. So that's just one of a number of things. We've got Michael Green, who many of you will know, coming to speak uh, to an area celebration later in the autumn. And for the first time ever, we are going to have a church weekend away in the spring. Uh, there's another bit of paper all about that. I, just, I think we've got a whole number of new things, an exciting year to look forward to. Another thing that's new this year is to do with uh, Simon Jackman. Um, Simon, do you want to come and say something about the turning? Now, That would be really, really helpful. Um, Simon has become um, our champion. Um, Caroline mentioned something called the turning earlier, which not everyone would have been familiar with, but it's a new pattern of engaging people we've never met before with a conversation about Jesus, and Simon's been taking the lead, and we'll be continuing to do so. So tell us more. Yeah,
1: and we're going to be doing it every month now for the foreseeable future, and it's planned into our diary, and we start this Friday and Saturday. So if you're involved earlier on this year it's an exciting opportunity to encounter god this friday evening here and then to go out on saturday morning onto the streets for just 1 hour late morning and talk to people about jesus and We have found, as many of you will have done, that 70 to 80% of people on the streets of Oxford and and other places in the UK are actually open to talking about God and quite like it when you say that he loves them and he's got a plan for their lives. So we're going to be going out and sharing that good news with people and we're also having a time of prayer which Steve will describe a bit more in a few minutes which is actually going to lead up to that because what we're feeling is God's calling us to both pray more and to share the good news more and that we're going to see people come to know Jesus and come and be part of church life as well and be connected with us in the future so every single month of this year we're going to be doing that
0: and it's very exciting so come and join us so Friday night and Saturday and that's this week this week this week this Friday evening he there have been some amazing times of worship. Those of you who've gathered on those Friday evenings ahead of the Saturday mornings, you've had a lot more people here on the Friday evenings than have gone out on the Saturday mornings. And I'm delighted that so many people have come and enjoyed those times of worship together. And there'll be another one this Friday evening. Don't miss out. And who knows, God may even speak to you about getting out on the Saturday morning as well. The other thing I need to say about Simon is uh, Simon has, as of... Friday, two days ago, um, taken on a paid position for Oxfordshire Community Churches. Many of you will know that as a local church, we're part of a charity called Oxfordshire Community Churches, and we have a need to uh, go through some organizational changes over the next few years in order to make our organization healthier and better for our long-term growth. So to enable that to happen, and so that um, others of us aren't entirely absorbed in managing that kind of organizational change, Simon, who has uh, professional experience of that kind of organizational change, is a man of faith as well as having good relationships with people. He's going to be working uh, for us part time across the county, helping to manage that change. We've given him the title of CEO for Oxfordshire Community Churches as a good description of the kind of activity that he needs to lead on. Um, so he's joined, uh, he's joined our uh, charity staff, and as well as that, through, uh, it enables him also to spend a few more hours a week uh, being available to make sure that the turning happens really well. We want to pay for that bit of time as well to make sure that the turning doesn't become something we, in our, you know, wheelchairs um, or in our you know, sort of retirement homes in old age all look back at and say, well, wasn't that an interesting thing that happened that one summer? But there needs to be some faith and energy and ongoing momentum into that kind of activity for it to happen. And I'm delighted that Simon's going to be available a little bit of time, just enough, to be able to do that alongside um, taking a whole number of jobs off me, which is most marvellous. So um, that's a good thing. (laughs) All right. This morning... Uh, praying for growth. Praying for growth. Um, I've got a question with which to start off, which is, what do we expect? Um, I wonder if anyone's been out buying school uniform ahead of the start of school term. Uh, Probably any mums that are here have been absorbed in that kind of task, and I'm sure enjoying it. Uh, If any of you have been Uh, Not really. If any of you have been buying um, school uniform, you will have been thinking not only about how large your child is now, but how large your child will become by time they've worn out this particular piece of uniform. Here's a boy on his first day of school with a blazer that's far too large. I certainly remember starting my first day at uh, senior school with a blazer that was far too large, down to my knuckles here somewhere, but not big enough come the following summer. Uh, we expect people, we expect young people of that age to grow. There's an expectation of growth, and it informs how we think and what we do. Uh, This is a picture I took in our garden last night. You're not supposed to be looking at the chair, but at the cherry tree uh, that's in our garden. I planted uh, with Bev this cherry tree uh, a couple of summers ago. We planted it in the expectation that we'd get some cherries from it. We expected that it would grow. That's why we spent the time and the effort on it. The first year, we had four cherries, which which wasn't bad. I didn't get any of them. Uh, The rest of the family ate them. Uh, This year, we had enough cherries with which to be able to cook and, and do things. But I know that next year, there'll be even more. And the year after that, there'll be even more. And then when, you know, some years to come, I'll be frustrated at all of the cherries all over the lawn because there's been such an abundance that there's more than enough, more than we've got time to harvest. There's an expectation of growth. And so my question for this morning is, what do we expect What we expect is of significance, a little picture of the cafe out there and just making us think about us as a church. What are we expecting to happen for us as a church community together? What is our expectation of the future? I could answer that question in several different ways. I could answer that question by recalling what God has spoken to us at different times through that wonderful supernatural gift of prophecy, which he loves to bless us with. We've had many people come and people who... um, There's one guy that many of you will know, um, it's easiest to refer to as Bryn Franklin. I think we can now share, now that David Cameron's not prime minister anymore, I think it's become okay to share the fact that Bryn prophesied personally to David Cameron that he'd be prime minister before he was leader of the Tory party. That's the kind of person that Bryn Franken is. And uh, whenever Bryn comes here or connects with us as a church, he says, this place is going to be full. This place is going to be full of people. When we first bought this place and looked at the size of it, one of the key things that God spoke to us was that it would be a barn for the harvest. That is a place of gathering for people in whom God has been at work. I could set my expectation, we could set our expectation with respect to those things that God has spoken. What will our future be like? Well, God has spoken prophetically. But you know what? I don't think that's enough. I could answer that question by talking about some of the amazing people that are in this church community. Um, Spent time with the uh, board for Edge Housing this week with Stuart. Stuart's amazing. How many churches are in the process of incubating a new housing association? Not many, but through what Stuart's led that's happening. I could talk about the incredible community of parents at Tyndale Community School who formed a community together, which whenever anybody encounters you lot that are in that community, the thing I always hear is, what an incredible group (laughs) of people. The gifts and the passion and the faith amongst that group of people is extraordinary. I could talk about the students that we have. There's not many students around at the moment, but we have some astonishing university students that are amongst us as a church. Um, I was thinking to um, Ed of you this morning and the glowing example that you are to us. Since having had your strokes and walking with more constraint and frustration than most of us could imagine, you have a, this heart of gratitude and joy and a, a continual provocation to the rest of us to pray. I could keep going. <laughs> I could keep, what an amazing group of people. Who, in their right mind, wouldn't want to come and join this community? <laughs> you guys are amazing. I look at um, Chris and Lois. Are they in at the moment? I saw Chris earlier. He's around. So- oh, he's gone out. Well, isn't it amazing that they had never even led worship two years ago? are now regularly leading us into God's presence um, with an edge of expectation that God will be at work because God has done something. I think of 80 of us in May willing to overcome fear and doubt and to approach people on the streets of Oxford trusting in the power and the presence of the living God. This is not normal church as it's known in the UK. This is an extraordinary thing. You know, after that week in May, Yinka from Reading, who has been leading the turning nationally, fed back to us that he was amazed by the quality of people in this church, which was well beyond what he'd seen in other places. I wonder if we understand You know, I feel like the Apostle Paul, when he, both in writing to the Corinthians and in writing to the Thessalonians, he says, I boast about you. (laughs) You know, I go to other places and I say, Well, look what these people are like. This is what it's possible for a church to be like. It's how I feel, it's what I see. You know, over the years, we've sometimes used uh, a particular phrase to orientate our hearts towards generosity. And uh, many of you will have heard this phrase that it is our determination to send our best, by which we mean that if a call from God comes for someone to move on from here and go somewhere else, it is not acceptable to say, oh, but we need those people here. That's the point of saying that we'll send, it's in, inspired by Acts 13, where the two best known of the leaders of the church in Antioch, in Syrian Antioch, are called to go out. And they send them. They don't hold back, but we need them here. They were sent. There's a, so that's a really helpful phrase that God has given us to say, we send our best. We send our best. We won't hold back from, sending, from, from listening to the call of God. But I wonder, has it sometimes left those of us who've been here longer with a sense of, well, what does that make us then? If all the best have gone, (laughs) what kind of residue are we? (laughs) And I want to say, some incredible people have been sent out from here. And there are even more incredible people remaining. What do we expect from the future? I could look to what God said prophetically. That's really helpful for setting our expectations. Could look around. We could look around and go, wow, just look at the riches, the treasure that's here. Whatever we might feel like being jars of clay sometimes, there's treasure that God has put in us. But I've got an even better reason to expect Growth in our future, and so do you. And that's to do with the written word of God. I want to just read through, Uh, and I could have quoted swathes of scripture (laughs) this morning in support of what I'm about to say, but here's a few things expecting to grow. Verses that we read most Christmases To us, a child is born, to us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. It's a prophetic insight given to Isaiah that God's kingdom will not only continue but it will continue to grow. It will never cease to grow. Daniel, chapter 2, speaking of a dream that was given to another but that God had revealed to him. As you looked, a stone was cut out by no human hand and it struck the image on its feet Of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. You can look this up in Daniel chapter 2, and it's a vision in which there's a statue of differing metals, which is symbolic of the many empires that had overridden the Middle East over centuries. It spoke of human power at its greatest. And the feet of iron and clay were a picture of the Roman Empire still to come in Daniel's day. But the time in which Jesus came. Jesus is the stone which struck the image, the statue on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron, the clay and the rest of the statue, the bronze, the silver and the gold all together were broken in pieces And became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them could be found. But the stone that struck the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. This growth of God's kingdom is not only continuing, but it will continue until God's kingdom fills the earth. As it says elsewhere, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And then Jesus himself speaking, explaining the kingdom of God in Mark chapter 4. The kingdom of God is, it's as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. I've been a church leader for a while. And I think for most of that time, I have been diligently trying to search out, how does the seed grow? It's maybe a background as a biologist that has tempted me to interpret this parable in such a way that even though the person here doesn't know how it grows, I rather feel I should um, what's clear is that it grows. And in the growth, there's a mystery. This is significant. Because if we ask ourselves, how then will the kingdom of God grow here in Oxford or in whichever other place God has located you or to which he is sending you? If we ask ourselves and say, we will get to a point where we go, I don't really know how it's going to grow. I'll be going out onto the streets of Oxford on Saturday morning, along with whoever else is coming, this coming Saturday. I don't know what's going to happen. There's a mystery that God has yet to reveal about this coming Saturday morning and the ways in which he's going to work. If I think about what new groups might form in the life of our church or who exactly is going to come and join us and where are they going to come from, my headline answer is, I don't know. My confidence is not in having a grand plan. Jesus says of the kingdom of God, it's like a seed and it grows. farmer doesn't know how it grows. doesn't need to know. The guarantee of growth comes from God. And, you know, the next thing Jesus says is it's not just any old seed. It's like a grain of mustard seed when sown on the ground. It's the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it's sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that all the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. It's an amazing growth. We are to expect growth. Now, I'm not naive here about the significance of the words that I'm saying. Personally, I think I've been on quite a journey over the last couple of years in particular To a place now where I can confidently and honestly say I am expecting all manner of growth in Oxford Community Church in the year to come. I believe that from the depths of my heart. I believe God has spoken in these different ways. I believe in the provision that we've seen him make and the wonderful people that are around. And I believe in the written word of God It's come together in a confident expectation of a new season of growth. I want to encourage you this morning to engage with that. Now, for some of you, it might be a bit of a standing start. You've come here this morning just having got back from wherever you've been on holiday, and your mind is entirely elsewhere, and they're just trying to come in to land. Oh, what are we doing together? And here's Steve all excited about what? (laughs) I want to encourage you to ask that question. What, what are you expecting? Because it's not that there's a complete vacuum there. There will be some you're expecting. Even if you say, I'm expecting everything the same as it's always been, whatever it, there's something there. God wants to come and to shape that and to set his expectations in place. What are we expecting You know, when we think of growth, perhaps a number of different things come to mind. So I thought, again, we'd look at the scriptures and just highlight some of the different kinds of growth that God has for us. Here's one kind of growth. Uh, It's a growth towards maturity. It says in Ephesians 4 and verse 15, We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, that's us, joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Just before that, it said that um, the body will experience unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. There's a growth in maturity. (laughs) In James chapter 1, it talks about how that maturity comes about through our suffering that produces endurance, that leads to maturity. God is determined through all circumstances, including and especially through our suffering, to grow us. To grow us into the likeness of Christ. a second kind of growth, there's a growth in extent. In Genesis 28, we have... The record of God speaking to the patriarch, Jacob, whose other name was Israel. And the promises made to this Jacob are promises inherited by the nation of Israel and now inherited by the Church of Christ in our new covenant as the people of God. And God said to Jacob, "'Your offspring shall be like the dust of the earth. "'You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east,' To the north and to the south, and in you and your offspring, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There's a growth in the extent of God's kingdom that touches on every place and every aspect of life. It's been delightful in the last few years to be able to establish a new primary school in the city that's touched on education and actually is starting to have some ripple effects in education beyond just its site and location. It's very exciting. In February, there will be a day conference here for Christians involved in health and social care, and we're going to see what God has in mind to do in extending his kingdom in health and social care here in the city of Oxford. That seems to me more complicated than starting a primary school, and I don't know how it will work. But that's okay, because God is the one who brings about growth, and he has plans for the health and well-being of this city that no mind has yet heard. Uh, No no mind has conceived, no ear has heard, but that he wants to reveal. There uh, There are things that God holds in store for every aspect of life, be it health or social care, or the arts, or business, There are some ethnic communities in this city where the Church of Christ is well-established and some where it is not. There are people who are going through life in those communities without the opportunity to bump up against a living, breathing Christian who knows the Word of God, has the love of God in their hearts. And it's a tragedy that people in this country should be unable to enjoy that opportunity. God wants to draw together people from all different ethnic and national backgrounds in one body, under one head, who is Christ. Uh, There are workplaces in this city where there is no expression of Christian fellowship. Some really large workplaces where there are hundreds and thousands of people and Christians are present but feel under the cosh And unable to find strength, God wants to extend his kingdom into those places. There is a growth in the extent of God's kingdom that he wants for us. As we reach into, we're already going to all kinds of different parts of the city, but God wants something more to happen by his power uh, in those places. And of course there's the planting of new Christian communities. I was just looking back over, uh, this church has been going for just over 30 years, and in that time, we have sent uh, families or groups of people to uh, now 10 different locations to plant new Christian communities. We've planted 10 churches in 30 years. That, you know what I was saying about being an unusual church? That's, that's also not a normal thing for a church to do. Um, We'll come back to church planting in just a a moment. I want to say, there is a growing extent. Different ones of us have got different parts of that extension in our hearts. Some are passionate about the extent into the business world or to the poor or to other nations. It's all in the heart of God. Here's a third kind of growth. New birth and an increased number of people in God's church. Again, I could have gone to many places in the scripture, but I do love these verses from Zechariah at the end of, near the end of the Old Testament. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. And thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days ten men from the nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. There's something further that God has promised about the way his kingdom works that we, we want to see more of. I mean, we're going out again on the street on Saturday morning, and we're going to approach people, many of whom, as Simon said, most of whom will be pleased to have been told good news, a few of whom perhaps will be too busy, most common reason why people don't want to stop and talk. Maybe one or two hour talking about God will push some buttons for them. Maybe one or two. But here, it says that other people will pursue us. I've only once or twice had this kind of experience. Years ago, when I was working as a volunteer for the Citizens Advice Bureau, I was advising a Spanish woman, as it happens, on her housing situation, which was pretty dire. And we, we talked around her legal options and where she could get support and so on. And then she stopped and looked at me in a peculiar way, And she said, you're a spiritual person, I can see that, what else do I need to know? (laughs) I think we could all do with quite a bit more of that in our lives, couldn't we? And some of you have experienced that kind of thing too. There's a promise here. In the book of Acts, we read uh, that people were added daily to the church when the Holy Spirit came upon them. And again and again, we read this phrase, the word spread, which of course means that more and more people uh, f- it found root in more and more people's lives and spread out to more and more people. That should be our normal expectation of Christian community. And then here's this fact, our church has been the same size for about the last seven years. If sometimes you have thought maybe there's even fewer people here on a Sunday morning, that's because amongst us our habits, some of us at least, have changed so that we're not here as often. There's as many people around the church community now as there were seven years ago, and it's been a remarkably constant thing. Given that each year we've seen something between 30 and 50 people Join Oxford Community Church and a similar number of people leave. <laughs> that's how it has been. Uh, that is a surprise to me that, given that measure of turnover, actually the size of our church community has been bang on level <laughs> in that time. It's also the case that since Oxford Community Church was planted in 1985 on average, there has been more than one new church planted in the city every year. So we've been going 32 years. There's been at least 40 new churches planted in the city since then. You will know some of them. And each of those new churches planted in the city will have a story of God's leading them. And they will have their story of their battle to get established in the city. God's leading and a spiritual battle. It is still the case that there are no more people going to church in the city now than there were in 1985 when Oxford Community Church began. At least one new church planted every year The church has not shrunk here, as it has in other places, but it's not grown either. And I don't mean now Oxford Community Church, I mean the Church of the Living God in the city of Oxford. I believe in church planting, just spoken of the joy of having been able to send people out to that effect into different places, but... There's another kind of growth that's needed, which is for the existing churches of Oxford, including ourselves, to grow in numbers. Uh, when we did the turning launch back in May, Nkosi, whom many of you will know, I don't see him here this morning. Nkosi had a dream a couple of weeks afterwards. And He he didn't know about the history of God having spoken through prophetic words about our future and growth. He didn't know that. In his dream, he went to the kitchen drawer to get out a teaspoon, and on opening the drawer, found there were none. So, closed it and went on in life, and was wandering along, and saw a teaspoon on the ground. So he picked that spoon up, cleaned it off, went, (laughs) opened the drawer, put it in the drawer. Went on again, found another teaspoon, cleaned it up, put it in the drawer, then found another, and this went on. Then he found a tablespoon and then began to find knives and forks and sometimes whole bundles of cutlery together and kept cleaning them up, putting them in the drawer, until he opened the drawer and went to put the next item in and the drawer was full. And there was a need to go and find somewhere else to put things full, like a barn after harvest. Full. Full. I found that very helpful. Because this process of growth in numbers is not some kind of targeting of people for the sake of a growth target. Or I don't know, sometimes you might think it's like that. It's rather that there are people whom God loves. That's it. You know, again, on Saturday morning, whatever happens in my life, or for us together in what we say to people, the fact is that God loves every individual. And he wants to clean everyone up. And for them to know that they're clean and have the confidence and joy that comes from knowing that we've been made righteous in Christ, beyond which there is no greater joy to be righteous in Christ. wonderful thing. And, uh, and to be made to belong amongst his people what God wants to do. And it's not hard for this kind of growth to occur. Carterton Community Church uh, has experienced quite a bit of growth in the last few years. It's grown, I think in the last year, Carterton Community Church grew by 80% in the last year or so. Um, What actually happened, the trigger to all of that was that John Elwood, who's one of the leaders there, just felt stirred that every time they gathered on a Sunday, he would go around and pray for every single chair that they put out, that someone would be sat on it. And then started putting more chairs out. And then God did something. Which takes me to the last verse to which I wish to draw your attention. It's a verse that we've often turned to, very helpful for us. It's in John chapter 15. I'm actually going to read from verse one as far as verse seven, the words of Jesus. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch can't bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Let me read that again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I wonder when three months ago I said, oops, we're 30,000 pounds short, what you thought? I felt confident because of what the scriptures say, to say, let's just pray, God will provide. Here we are three months later. We asked, and it was given to us. It was done for us. We've had other testimonies this morning of asking and it being done. The route into the kind of growth that God has for us. Whether it's growth towards maturity, maybe you're in a really tough season and struggling to endure and need the strength of God to come and to make you mature with the kind of resilience that can stand in the face of trial. Maybe God's spoken to you as a calling to take his kingdom to places that it's not yet gone, and in ways that it's not yet gone. And it's sat there, and you're wondering how it's going to happen. For all of us, we share a common passion to see more people born again and following Christ. And not only for there to be inadequate space here for all the bums on seats, but in all the halls of Oxford... (laughs) there to be inadequate space and new buildings to have to be built for all the people that God is bringing in the key to all of those things is, is what's here abide and ask dwell in Christ and call out to him abide and ask spend time with him and speak to him about what is necessary uh There needs to be prayer in the weeks running up to the turning. And uh, this is announced at the last minute, but something that it's still possible to respond to, to to make the coming week, as we look forward to the turning next Saturday morning, but also to all that the term and the year holds, let's make this coming week a week of prayer. If you're gathering with friends uh, in your own home, Uh, in your missional community, whatever ministry team you might be part of and gathering this week, whatever we're doing, gathering with other Christians, let's make this week a week of prayer. Um, Even better, make it a week of prayer and fasting. Let's engage, remember who we are in Christ, let his words abide in us and call out to him for the growth. It may be that what you need to start out crying out to God is, God, would I have that same expectation of growth? so that I can then pray along these lines. Let's be honest with God. Let's get beyond just all the activity of life to a place of fresh connection with Christ, abiding with him, and from there to pray. I'm just going to put up one more slide to finish which is a summary of a few of the things that I've said. I want to encourage you. We're going to have a couple of moments to be quiet. I want to encourage you. Pick one of those verses. Open your Bible. And just take a moment to meditate on it. And allow the truth and the power of God's word to get into you. Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. Let's take a few minutes and allow God's word to come and take up a place of residence in our hearts. Now, if you don't like my verses, you've got a large chunk of the rest of the Bible to choose from about God's promises of growth. Take some promise of growth. Those, if you will, others, if you feel the need to. Let's take a moment, just in silence, to read, to meditate to invite it to go deep in us that God's word might abide in us.